uncommon sense advice on your work life, your personal life, and God knows what else. Welcome to How to Do Life with Dr. Marty Nemco. Hi, I'm Marty Nemco. They say that he who lives by the crystal ball eats broken glass. So uh, do take my uh, predictions for what the new normal might look like and when it might occur with uh, at least three grains of salt. And the reason for that is because there's so many factors that can't be accounted for. I mean, nobody would have predicted that COVID would have happened, yet suddenly it popped onto the scene. And nobody would have predicted that more aggressive variants would pop to the scene. Because usually, previously, um, these kind of viruses got the mutations got weaker, not stronger. So we don't know what the future holds in terms of not just more aggressive variants, how well the rollout worldwide of vaccines are, how effective they are in the intermediate and long term. There's reports that the, uh, the, uh, the immunity may last, and there are various reports, I'm not even going to say it, but certainly not lifetime immunity. Is, it gonna, is an annual shot be enough? Will we get enough compliance? What will be the next scourge? And I'm not just talking about scourges of some, some new bacteria or virus. It could be man-made like in bioterrorism. Or, you know, the more often thought of cyber terrorism, uh, invading our electrical grid, uh, good old-fashioned terrorism, people blowing up trains and planes and bringing planes into, bashing them into the Empire State Building or whatever. And then myriad things we can't even begin to understand. Certainly one more, one more point about epidemics, pandemics. You know, in the before the twenty before the nineteen eighteen to twenty flu pandemic, people were not very mobile, so it was very difficult to transmit diseases across borders. But now people fly everywhere. And so it's very easy for uh, a strain in South Africa to become a strain in America, as has been the case. At least I want to be careful. It may not. We call it a South African strain because it was first identified in South Africa. It's unclear whether it was transmitted from South Africa to here or whether that simple strain just popped up here in the United States. So let me be careful about that. Okay, in any case, that's pretty granular. Let's get a little more macro. The point is, it's unclear if and when we will ever get back to any semblance of a normal, new or otherwise. But here's my best guess. My guess is that there will be surprises in both the virus, some new virus, vaccinations, length of, of immunity conferred, degree of immunity conferred, side effects in the intermediate and long term. After all, the vaccines have only been around for certainly a lot less than a year. We don't know. I still, I am an, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I, I do plan to take the vaccine, no question. But, you know, there is a lot of unknowns. But here are some thoughts as to what the new normal will look like. My best guess is I'm not going to take wild, make wild, dazzling predictions that are off the wall because they'll, just because it would sound exciting and impressive. Most of these are fairly incremental. The first, I'm going to talk about some, some predictions for the, a new, what a new normal might look like, first regarding work, which is my kind of core expertise. I'm a career counselor. Uh, no surprise, there will be more virtuality. Many, many employers are realizing that they don't need as many workers there five days a week, that there can indeed be good communication and accountability remotely. 
uh, and it will save the company a lot of money, which, of course, is their favorite activity. And that's true of nonprofits and even government. You don't have to use that real estate to house people. People are going to be at home. By the way, from a fairness perspective, it really seems to me like the savings that, that companies are going to accrue from not having such a big corporate headquarters be distributed to the worker who's going to be giving part of his or her house or apartment to work. Next, certainly all that virtuality is going to mean less traffic. That's going to mean when you do have to go to work one day a week, two days a week, or just for personal things, it's going to be more reliably. You can get somewhere not only quicker, but more reliably. I know this, you know, I, when I go and visit somebody, uh, it used to take somewhere between 55 and 95 minutes. Now I'm reliably there in 45 minutes. So it's supposed to the virtuality, the, one of the few silver linings in COVID is less traffic. And I think we'll continue in this era of more virtuality, less, you know, showing up at the office, it's going to be less traffic. It also means that you should be able to count on, if you're in you know, a typical white collar job, that you're going to be working in your own home office. And so it's important that you make it comfy, ergonomically comfortable, the chair, the right height of the keyboard, right height of the monitor, and also just that it's pleasant, that it's decorated the way you like so you feel comfy there, whether it be a little oriental rug in the middle of the room or better lighting. Lighting matters a lot, both for aesthetics and for, just for, for eye strain. The right pictures on the wall, maybe a, you know, a more functional desk for you or whatever. That could be a well-spent a well investment. And again, I would be trying to hit up my company for that because it is, you know, it's not a desk they have to buy. It's one less desk that they have to buy. Job seekers. You really, I think, increasingly are in need to prove that you can work remotely. So you want to talk about previous examples of the, either during the pandemic or before where you were able to be self-motivated. And if you've got kids, they're not allowed to ask about kids, but there's always the question, boy, is that is that worker going to be more focused on the kids? So it'd be wise for you to preempt and say, yes, I have three kids, two kids, uh, and we've got very clear, clear rules that my kids do follow about separation of church and state, home and work. Where are the jobs going to be? No surprise as part of this virtuality thing, there's going to be an increase in IT jobs. Uh, we all know that while Zoom and Skype work remarkably well, the bigger the group, the more there are issues that can be issues. IT jobs also in training people how to work virtually, not just get on Zoom, but how to best use Zoom, how to well use the chat rooms, how to use various other features, which are getting more and more robust as Zoom realizes that their, their business model is going to be a, a dominant one. And if they're expecting people to pay for it and not just use the free version, they, I suspect there's going to be a lot of features and there'll be jobs in IT. Government. The Biden administration has clearly made, made clear that they want to increase size of government, especially in its three areas. Immigration. Climate change, and that's going to include transportation infrastructure, it's going to include research and development funding, and programs for the poor of all sorts, from health care to food stamps to house, housing, quote, support, uh, transportation support. Uh, and there is always in government a large, large bureaucracy to address all that. And, and this is something I've said for years, but it's certainly going to be as true now as ever, the last bastion of fully benefited, full-time, relatively secure jobs is going to be government because likely the Biden administration is going to put ever more burdens on, on businesses 
to, for example, regulations, worker rights, health care paid for by, by employers, that employer more and more empl and raise minimum wage, 15 bucks an hour, more and more employers are going to say, you know, it's just not worth hiring. We're going to automate or simply not grow. We're going to, or we're going to just do with less, fewer people. Um, and those we're going to hire are going to be part-time temp project-based rather than full-time with security of employment and rights of lawful, wrongful termination suits, extended rights of wrongful, wrongful termination suits. So that's all by way of saying that the government, especially the federal government that can always print more money, uh, is going to keep growing. I also believe that state governments, even though they can print more money, uh, in a liberal administration, there's no way that the federal government uh, is going to let, uh, for example, the state of California go bankrupt or, or Massachusetts or New York. So they will bail out those state governments, and therefore the state government's going to be able to hire as well. Uh, and the, you know, the state go government is really what a wonderful deal is, uh, is generally a wonderful deal. It's an old myth that pay in government is lower than in the private sector, but a department, a, a, a federal study um, by the GAO, the General Accountability Office, I believe, found that indeed for the same work, except at the very highest levels, government workers are paid slightly more than in the private sector. So government may be the best deal in town. Also, I should mention, they have lots of paid holidays, paid vacation, even in many cases, a pension, which is, you know, an employer paid pension, which is unheard of, not unheard of, is rare in the private sector. Okay, uh, other, other areas where the jobs are likely to be. Um, Unfortunately, the big gets bigger, especially in the world of businesses. And with all these more regulations, the small mom and pops are going to go out of business. Too many, more of them. As we saw, I love books, and so I'm seeing these independent bookstores struggle, struggle, struggle as everybody buys their books on Amazon. It used to be Barnes & Noble. Now it's, you know, Amazon to a much lesser extent. It's going to be uh, Barnes & Noble. Uh, and here in my area, there's a chain called Copperfield Books. But anyway, the point is, it's safer if you're looking for stability. And many people, there are some people who like the freedom of being able to go from job to job, but most people like a measure of security. Well, the most secure companies are going to be what is called in the, in the uh, financial services industry category killers, the, the, the clear leader in the field. So Amazon, of course, for online, online purchasing, Procter & Gamble for basic products, Johnson & Johnson uh, for, for things medical, uh, Home Depot, for the, which put a ton of hardware stores out of business, mom and pop hardware stores out of business, and Alphabet, that was the former Google. Um, they're not going anywhere. They're, and, you know, Facebook, I think, will also stay with us. It seems to be quite robust now for quite a long time. But working in whatever industry for a category killer may be the best advice in the new normal that we're going to be facing. Okay. Um, just a little word about politics. I, it is my belief that the GOP is dead. Uh, conservatism is dead in the United States. There are a number of vectors, that is forces, that are moving everything leftward. It is di different birth rates, different immigration rates, uh, the media bias, uh, and the, the policies that the liberal government is putting in place to ensure maximum voter turnout, which tends to support liberal liberals, you know, motor voter, mail-in voting, D.C. and Puerto Rico being the 51st and 52nd state, a fast track to legalization of illegal immigrants. That's all going to, those are all vectors in the higher ed, all societies mind molders, the schools, the colleges, the media are, are quite liberally biased. And so also move voting trends leftward. And so uh, I really think that the GOP, even if it tries to appear moderate or be moderate, I think is dead. Um, I think we're going to, 
the lib- I, I think it's fair to say that liberal is going to be the new conservative. In other words, we used to call people conservative. Now the liberals will be considered conservative, and the new liberal will be full-on socialists. Uh, one guy's opinion could be wrong. Anyway, I think I will let you know what you're listening to. You're listening to How to Do Life. I'm Marty Nemko. I'm making a, an attempt at predicting what a new normal will look like. I do not think it's going to be uh, something that's going to happen uh, very quickly. If we're very lucky, it could be by the end of the year, but it could be as late as 24, 2024. There's too many unknowns that cannot be predicted in advance. In any case, when I come back, I'm going to talk about healthcare predictions, women and minority issues, uh, virtuality as applied in social situations sexually, virtuality as applied to recreation, uh, the replacement of religiosity by spirituality. Uh, so there's a lot more. I hope you will stay with me. I'll be back in about 15 seconds. You're listening to How to Do Life with career and personal coach, Dr. Marty Nemco. If you'd like to work with him, email him a description of your situation, mnemco at comcast.net. That's M-N-E-M-K-O at comcast.net. Marty is pleased if you choose to subscribe to this podcast. If you're not listening to this on Simplecast, just go to how-to-life.simplecast and click on listen and subscribe. Thank you for staying with me. Healthcare, um, good news, bad news. Um, there's little question that one of the Biden administration's priorities is going to be some version of healthcare for all, Medicare for all, socialized medicine, health, you know, nationalized healthcare. You know, depending on your bias, you're going to label it as you will. But the bottom line is that ever more people are going to be uh, covered, whether they can pay or they can't, or whether they do pay or they they don't. Um, and already the system, uh, the health system is absolutely overwhelmed. Uh, the latest statistics are that 195,000 people every year die in hospitals alone because of medical errors. That can only increase as you get ever more people, quote, covered. Uh, and those who will be newly covered are disproportionately have higher use of and higher need of medical care. They're more likely to be of gang violence. They're more likely to be obese. They're more likely to abuse drugs. They're more likely to smoke cigarettes. Um, and so uh, the system is going to be very, very taxed. The good news is that, that everybody, by virtue of being a human being, is going to get at least a basic level of coverage, maybe equal coverage for everybody, which I think is where, where we're headed, if I'm reading the tea leaves right. The, the bad news is that people who are accustomed to getting quality health care are going to have less access because they're going to be competing with many more people who have potentially higher needs for the same, relatively the same number of doctors, nurses, etc. So one prediction I have is going to be that healthcare access and quality will improve for the poor, it will decline for others. Next sociological prediction, and again, this is not a, some bold, brilliant prediction, it's merely uh, you know, an observation of, uh, that, uh, of a trend that seems to be accelerating, and that is, this is women and minorities era. Uh, I never would have imagined in my lifetime that badass women and badass minorities would be extolled. Uh, and that white males would be assailed, that their accomplishments are largely a function of white male privilege. Uh, where I have a problem is, uh, what the hell, if I have a son, uh, I'm white, and I had, if I had a son who's a kid or a teenager, what do I tell him? Do I tell him this is, you know, payback? This is, uh, suck it up, kid? Do I say it's fair? Do I say, like blacks used to say to their children, uh, you got to work twice as hard to go half as far? I don't know what I would say 
as my teenager watches all the shows showing spunky, wonderful women and minorities putting white males, you know, who are usually rich uh, in their place, uh, and are usually sleazy or uh, lame. I don't know what I would say. I just don't know. That's one of the area, many areas in life that I'm not, not clear what the hell to do about it. Anyway, uh, more predictions. Getting back to the virtuality theme, which I think will continue, because whatever it is, the next thing, some nuclear attack, some cyber attack, some, uh, uh, not cyber attack, nuclear attack, or bioweapons attack, or the, and the simply cost control, there's going to be ever more virtuality. People are going to be spending more time at home. And so companies will spend more on developing video games that are ever more immersive. I picture a the modern family room being where a wall is, uh, all the walls and the ceiling and the floor are big screens. Screen costs, you know, uh, have come way down and will continue to come way down. And so we will have these immersive environments where people can, when they enter the room, they can be inside a human cell or they can be in outer space or they can be in a jungle. And there'll be more compelling reasons to stay home and enjoy this instead of, you know, I already, I love sitting in front of my big screen TV with my wife binge watching, you know, whatever, or watching all things great and small on PBS. And uh, we love the, the call the midwife. Uh, and that's just plain old TV, essentially on a bigger screen. But I think these immersive, truly interactive uh, experiences, these rooms will be, I don't, that's not coming tomorrow. But as I'm seeing, I mean, I remember when I bought my 65 inch TV, maybe 10 years ago, it was $2,000. Now a 65 inch TV is 500. That's down 75%. I can't imagine it will con won't continue to come down. Same is true of solar panels, by the way. Okay, I also think that more, you know, we're seeing an endless plethora of original movies uh, and TV series is created by Netflix and Amazon, uh, HBO. Uh, I think that's going to continue. Uh, and so we'll have an ever greater choice of movies and TV series to watch uh, in our recreation, which is going to keep us in our little cocoon tempt us to keep it in more our, our cocoon. Now, there are some people who are extroverts who just love getting out, going dancing, you know, and going to parties and traveling. There'll be certainly some of that. It'll be in a way like the Roaring Twenties. After this, this shutdown, there'll be people exploding to get out and, and, you know, essentially be like flappers and live it up big in the Twenties, like instead of our, our 2020s, instead of the 1920s, where the, with the Roaring Twenties referred to. Um, but I think there'll be such seductive at-home recreations that ever more people are going to uh, choose to stay home and enjoy those miracles of technology, those unsung heroes who created all that stuff. It's a miracle to me that I can sit down. I, when I was growing up, I used to uh, have to, we, a, ser a series when I was a child, I liked a series called Car 54, Where Are You? It was on a half hour a week. I'd have to wait a whole week. Now I can binge watch and watch a whole season, you know, in a couple of days. It's kind of fun. Very fun. Not kind of fun. It's fun. Okay. The last thing I want to talk about is um, decreased religiosity, increased spirituality. Man, has, man and woman, of course, humankind, has forever felt the need to have something bigger to believe in than the quotidian. Quotidian is a fast word for the day-to-day -day mundanity of getting up, going to work, going home, watching TV, having a glass of wine, and going to sleep. People need to feel like something matters, that there is Either, if they're quite religious, they believe in an omniscient, omnipotent God that is a deity who's looking over, looking down on them and is loving and whatever. But more commonly, they simply like the idea of religion that it provides an ethical set of foundations, a community and a church, so on and so forth. But uh, the Pew Trusts found a couple of years ago that the fastest growing religion is no religion um, because there is an endless 
and I think it's, I'll just make an opinion here, fair assault on religion. It is pretty absurd to think that there is, in an era where millions and millions of people die of horrific diseases, including infants of, you know, born with horrible diseases, and they, they live in agony for a few weeks and then die, or uh, leaving bereft parents, or uh, tsunamis and earthquakes and pandemics like COVID. Could a loving God allow that and say, that's free will? I don't think so. Um, so I think that message has been uh, certainly com um, uh, communicated by, by the media, you know, you watch any movie or whatever, and it's usually the religious person, they have him with a big cross and there's a light shining so we see the cross, and uh, he's, he or she is usually portrayed as stupid, uh, and usually with a southern accent, which again, there's a terrific anti-southern bias, which is so much in the media. But in any case, the point is, the public, I think, is getting ever less religious, not I think, as again, per the Pew Trust studies, uh, religiosity is down. But people continue to have an endless need for something bigger than themselves. So I think secular humanism, I'm not talking about, you know, different kinds of spirituality, like crystals, you know, the world will provide, and say affirmations, no. But I think there'll be more of a focus on secular humanism. People will find this greater sense of meaning by saying, I care about what happens to the planet, I care what happens to the world. And that doesn't have to be a liberal, we normally think about caring about the planet as being a liberal ideology. There are plenty of conservatives who care about the planet, they just have different ideas about the smartest, most cost-effective way to try to save our planet, for example, or to help people. You know, liberals will believe that, you know, that, for example, strict restrictions on our carbon footprint are, are critical. Uh, conservatives are more likely to say, hey, all of that is going to hurt our quality of life too much. Let's put our investments in things like in, in nuclear and more efficient solar and so on and so forth. And I, it is well beyond this conversation to, to say who is right. But the one thing I can say is I truly wish that the left and right could listen to each other without so demonizing, let alone censoring. Uh, the cancel culture is alive and well. It is McCarthyism from the left. Again, something I never in my life would have thought I would have seen. In any case, so I'm just going to briefly summarize. So, of course, the big theme for a new normal is, A, we don't know really how, how quickly it's going to occur, whether it's going to be incremental, whether it's going to be a sudden change, probably incremental, and it could be in one year, two years, three years. Nobody knows. Even Fauci was on TV. He said he doesn't know. There's too many uncontrollable variables, too many things that are unknown. Regarding the, But the big theme certainly is increased virtuality. Many, many people... Would, are finding it such a hassle to go to work uh, through the traffic and sitting in a, in a loud cube farm. And they love the flexibility and the better childcare, uh, easier childcare if they're working at home. So, and companies will save money and, you know, nonprofits will save money by not needing such a huge, huge uh, headquarters. I do think, in this liberal side of me, I think employers should be forced to, to give workers who are working at home some of the money or all the money that get, that they save from not having to have such a fancy corporate office or having a, a large corporate office in the expensive downtowns. Jobs are going to be mainly, I believe, the growth in jobs will be mainly in government, especially regarding immigration, climate change, programs for the poor, which are the priorities for the Biden administration. Uh, in the private sector, you're safest working for category killer companies. That is the, the clearly the, the those that seem to be uh, have the dominant market share, whether it be Amazon Online, Procter and Gamble, Johnson and Johnson, Home Depot, Alphabet, etc. I think uh, healthcare will indeed uh, you will have increased access for the poor 
and because the system is already overwhelmed, decrease access and quality for other people. Uh, women and minorities, I see this is not as a pendulum, but I see this as an accelerative trend. This is women and minorities era, and I am left stuck as to what to say to, to white male job seekers, or if I had a child who was a white male and seeing uh, really pretty much the endless portrayal of white males as boors or idiots and uh, women always being beaten, almost always being beaten uh, by spunkier, smarter, more ethical women and minorities. I have no idea what to say to, to white males in this situation. I'm stuck. And we will see decreased religiosity, increased spirituality. And those are my, my best half-baked ideas on the, a, the likely new normal how to do life simple cast if you'd like to listen to this on you know on your iphone or whatever um, and i am flattered if you choose to subscribe to my youtube channel i am marty nemco you've been listening to how to do life with dr marty nemco for comments on the show or to consult with dr marty nemco his email address is m n e m k o at comcast.net Post-production of How to Do Life by Terry Rouse. Music by Blue Dot Session. Thanks for listening.